welcome back. I'm so glad you agreed to a second episode so we can continue this conversation. I'm excited to learn more. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. So there's a, a few new things that we're doing now, and there's a couple others. So there's one that's very AI-based. It's called name-free invocation. So the basic way is you have to know the name, right? But what if you just said roll the dice? And yeah. what if what if there's a bunch of roll the dice experiences in Alexa? And what if what if I like yours, right? And I, maybe I've subscribed to it. I got the fancy dice, or I don't know what I'm doing. Um, it would just I say roll the dice. It would it would call into yours, like you know. Yeah. I, and so that's a really cool one. Or what's the weather? Tell me what the pollen count is, and yeah. it'll just go straight into the skill that can serve that answer the best. Amazing. Um, and that is kind of, by the way, the underlying motivation for the word skill. Instead of saying this is a voice app, which is kind yes. of what it is, but it's we don't want it to be a voice app. We want it to be a skill that Alexa has. And and each app can have multiple skills or tasks that it can perform. And you should just be able to say, I want the pollen count. And it would go straight to that part of that experience and just gives you that uh, Amazing. skill. So that's name-free invocation. Uh, and then there's another new one, which I find very interesting, which really gets into this ambient computing space, which is the connection to mobile and web. So there's a notion you could put a link in your website or in your mobile app that would launch an experience on your Alexa device. So for example, if you're ordering a Domino's pizza at the end of the experience, you've, you've got it all ordered and now you want to track the order. And one of the big problems in a way that Domino's has is people call them and say, where's my pizza? Yeah. They don't know. And yeah. so you can, you can see on their website and their mobile app, they've started adding these things, but that just means you have to now keep your website open or keep your app yeah. nearby and all that just stuff. Just sit there refreshing the page. Refreshing I, the page. I don't know. I've never done this with no, me like, right my phone. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> drop down, you say, just track it on Alexa and it'll drop down. It says, which device do you want to do it on? It launches on that device. And then whenever, whenever a new phase of the delivery happens, a little ring goes up on Alexa goes, and you now can know, you can say, what's my reminder? Oh, John is checking the quality of your pizza or whatever. And you can now track it ambiently. Right. So it's really kind of cool to, to, to think about how you cross your experiences with web and mobile in both directions, either Yes. Like that one from the website or the other way you can go is from an Alexa skill, you can launch an app. So maybe, maybe your Alexa skill does 20% of what you're capable of doing with your company or whatever. And then you can just launch into the mobile app and keep on going. Right. Okay. So I'm dying to ask how does Alexa handle accents? Have you ever seen the videos mm -hmm. of Scottish people trying to get things to work and it just like they're stuck in an elevator there's a skit at some point of this it's yeah, amazing yeah, yeah. we'll I put it in the Ozzy Osbourne in a BMW you know like yeah that. like how yeah. does how do you manage all the different ways people speak yeah it is a it's a crazy big problem I mean the the quick answer is Alexa's self-learning so it's okay. constantly trying to do things so what was the example um I just did one this morning oh oh oh, oh. I said um so I have a night light, right? I have my lamp, the lamp on my table stand is called night light. And I often like to run it at 5%. So it's just kind of dim, right? And so uh, I said, Alexa, put Paul's night light into um, reading mode. Yeah. And it goes, what's reading mode? And I said, 5%. And then it went into 5%. And now if I just say, Alexa, do reading mode, it puts that light into, right? Love so it. there's this constant learning. Um, but there's, but, but it's more specific on accents. Uh, first one is I, I think people should just try it because almost all the time it kind of works, right? It's kind of impressive, okay. but it's just like the sheer volume of people that are using Alexa and how the AI models are built up to, yeah. 
help keep working through those problems. And now, and that was in the beginning, we, we had like whole setups in these rooms that we'd send around to like hundreds and hundreds of people. Right. And do like these crazy, uh, rooms. And now there's a lot of like transfer learning and a lot of, uh, new phases of deep learning. Fantastic. Um, what do you think is next for Alexa? What are the sort of things you're excited about and then challenges for that space? I think, I think it's all about this ambient computing thing and I'm, I'm just enamored by it because in, in the grand scheme, it's like for the first time, computing is bending to us versus us bending to computing. Like I have, I have spent so much time TP. I, I remember teaching somebody and prescribing to them to play solitaire on their windows machine because they didn't know how to double click and they didn't know how to click and drag. Right. Yeah. There was but, training in windows. Remember that you can right. set the speed of your double click. So that that's a great example of like, there's gotta be a great learning curve, but remember when touch came out and all of a sudden you could just touch things like my niece who was like, three at the time. Yes. Picked up my camera and tried to touch it. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. There's a, a menu knobby thing yes. over here. No, but direct manipulation is just so natural. Uh -huh. And that's what ambient computing is about. It's just being natural. Do the thing you want to do and it should happen, right? Yeah. If you say a command, it should happen. If you want to touch something, touch the device and it should work. Motion is now working. Like if you're in a Zoom call, the device can move to yeah. aim at your face and keep you centered. Um, gestures, all that kind of stuff. So I think this ambient computing, and it requires that naturalness. Um, it requires cross device. So um, another example of a thing that's starting to work now is you put in your earbuds, and you walk outside, and then you start to run. Well, maybe it should open the skill that starts your tracking your run and yeah. play your run music, right? It's a routine based on an event that was yes. from walking to running. So that yeah. events and proactiveness is is now kicking in, um, and that's not it's sort of unexplored in a lot of ways. Um, we're doing some stuff with Whole Foods where you order food, you leave the house, it notifies the person when you hit a certain um, number of minutes away from the Whole Foods. Yeah. When you get close, it says, Bloom, go to parking spot 42. You pull in and they, they bring your food out and have it for you immediately, yeah. right? So it's optimizing the time for all sides of it. So I think the ambient computing thing where it's just ubiquitous, you have these natural interactions and, and just Alexa's getting smarter and smarter. So I think that's where it's going. I think the challenge is who's going to build that stuff and what skills do they need, right? Yeah. There's, it's a different way of thinking. It's like you're changing from like, who's my target audience and yes. profile them and like, like try to make it really am I targeting? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so like instead of just targeting one persona and hoping all the rest can learn it easily, mm -hmm. you just say, I'm gonna build this for a wide range of people and they can come as they are to this experience. And then and you're gonna need AI to do that. So you're gonna have to think in a way that's um more flexible, more mm -hmm. uh unanticipated joy and unanticipated frustration of like yes. that didn't do what I wanted or that did that wow, I can't believe it did that, you know. Um, so there's a lot of those kinds of things they're going to have. One to of the things, and you made me think about this, Paul, that I, and I still think on this a lot, something that's completely missing in the mobile space is each human being is unique and we all have different personalities and I can process speech faster. So 
my Alexa devices in my house. If you don't know this, you can say Alexa, speak faster. <laughs> she mm -hmm. speaks very quickly. Yeah. Um, or if you have Ziggy, he speaks very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, but what I think all of tech needs to do, and Alexa is leading this, and this is something for AWS developers and all developers to think about, is that the person that's interacting with what you've created may process information differently and may speak to you differently, right? So versus you think of a web page or a mobile app, it's one interface, you have to learn that interface. And if you change the elements on that page, oh my goodness, the outrage, right? Because people have learned and they've adapted that themselves to that, yeah. So imagine you have the ability now, you've created some type of, of service that people can ask for things in any way they want. They can view it however they want, wherever they want. And I, that's what I, to me is like the real future of this is experience on demand that personalizes in a way that people haven't seen before, right? And I think that's really... It's, it's inspiring to my core. I, I love that facet of it that you can build for all these people. Um, and I think that it's, I, I got to figure out like one of these, I want to, I want to do like a mathematical theorem, even if it's not math. I want to have like a proof. Um, yeah. I, I think that this ambient computing is provably the fastest way to get something done. And so let me give you an example. Like, for example, if I, if I know exactly what I'm doing, I can just say something like, Hey, plan a trip to Portland on the fifth to go, uh, mm -hmm. windsurfing with, uh, Captain Pete or whatever, right? And boom, it's done, it's set, it's going. Yeah. But what if I don't know what I'm doing? And I say, hey, plan a trip to Portland on the 5th. And then it goes, well, there's more information needed, right? So Alexa would then say, what do you want to do? Right? And it would, it would, and already, like, you can start to gather the pieces. And so you can do things like over answer, under answer, um, have full initiative, like the, the customer can just take charge and lead every aspect of it. Or when they don't know what they're doing, they can back out and let, let Alexa lead for a minute and they can just answer the prompts, right? Yeah. So no matter what stage you're on, if you're a complete beginner and you've never ever ordered um, a coffee through a drive-thru before, you'll get walked through every single step. And if you're a complete yeah. expert and you know how to order a coffee full stop, every little nuance, you can just do that or anything in between. Mm -hmm. And that's a real big difference than a wizard or a call center or something like oh, that. Yeah. Where you, it's and it's, a, it's the way our brains work, right? Exactly. We don't care. We Even when we visually, you, you think of your visual cortex, right? Um, you, I'm visualizing you know, it. I, I dealt with this. I, I dealt with this for a while. Phantom weight, when I dropped the 50 pounds a couple of years ago, yeah. it wasn't until I traveled that I actually saw a different Dave. When my mirror at home, I still thought I was overweight. And basically I read up on that. It's my, your, you know, your human body and your brain are very parsimonious. It does not waste energy at all. you think about it. You're in terms of technology, you're running on battery, right? You're not, you're not plugged in. So you want to conserve battery power as much as you can. So if you've seen something every single day for years, you're not going to process any new visual information. And you're, because we see with our minds, not with our eyes. If you think about it, your, your, your brain's in the dark. Although your eyes, I don't know if you know this or not, your eyeballs are actually part of your brain. Yeah, uh, I have a whole talk about it. Yeah, yeah. The way your so, brain handles visual cues is so wild. I mean, oh, you, I can talk about amazing. that forever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's how we can add, you know, color. We can do, mm -hmm. I, I'm fascinated by all this, these historical movies that have been colorized. And I'm like, it looks 
so real because our brain is just processing that that colorized information on a black and white. But I, I wanted to, to bring this back in that, um, you know, even a search. Like if I say I I, I want uh, you know I want new running shoes, it's like I want the top three. I just want to know what the best is. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, today we're just given everything. We have the whole world accessible in our pocket from these smartphones, and we don't care about that. We care about the what's the best or what's everyone using. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this is a real opportunity for developers. And like, you know, it's also a huge problem, Paul. Like, what do you say to developers to order to get to that point? Is it AI? Is AI the answer for this? And that, you know, we're going to do some of the heavy lifting and learn about people and how people work. Or are there APIs? Can I start building my own language models? Can Is there something that I can do as a developer to kind of move that forward? Yeah, the AI is going to keep advancing. Like, think of it like chess, right? Remember in the beginning when chess computers came out, they were just like really kind of silly and dumb and you could beat them most of the time. And then over time, they just got better and better and better and better. And so we've already got really strong AI and ASR and NLU. We're starting to get in conversations. We'll start to have more in memory. Like we'll keep we'll keep advancing the state of the art of, of AI. So I think the, the the mindset is just like keep exploring because it's so new. But the thing that you can do directly without regard for any of that stuff is you've got APIs, I'm sure of it. You've got things you can do to help customers, I'm sure of it. So then the question is, what's your voice strategy around that? And and really the key question is, let, let free of some of the constraints you've had with websites and mobile apps and things like that. And just pretend you're acting like a human and your customer is there and they're acting like a human and you talk to each other. What would you say? What would you do? How would you help them? And can you just have that experience happen in concert with your mobile and web app with voice? Um, and, and if you can figure that part out, the rest falls into place really easily. Like this, it's just faster on voice. It's easier on voice. I can get things done really uh, simply. It's more natural on voice. And then you go, okay, now I've got my API. I've got a bunch of commands people might say. I do the JSON magic to like match that all up. And then we go on our way, right? Yeah. So. There's there's a whole um, like argument on whether this is a good idea, that, like surveillance or whatever. So that aside, do you ever feel like there will be a visual uh, analog to Alexa? Like, would would someone ever be able to like signal or something one of these devices and have it even be faster? I want a robot, Paul, that I can talk to and can be my <laughs> Get friend. Get us a robot, okay? <laughs> Work harder. Every day it gives me affirmation. It's like, Dave, you're the best. Thanks for being my friend. I'll give you an example that you can do right now is I can hold a <laughs> bottle of ketchup up to Alexa and say, buy this. And Wait, will... so you can already do this? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Am I just behind? Like, did I miss a year of Wired magazine? Like, what's happening? <laughs> Amazing. And then the, the, the newest Echo Show 10, um, it can swivel and face you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, keep you in frame for video conference calls or for games. You can do interesting stuff. So I think I think motion and gesture and all of that is a critical part of naturalness. Um, mm-hmm. You should be able to do facial expressions someday, yes. um, you know, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. I think I would scare the robot with my resting face. I do not have a pretty resting face. It looks I'm like uh, people are like, are you OK? And I'm like, no, I'm just thinking. Well, Dave, there's this thing where you've got your mental image of yourself stuck in a rut and it's not right. You know, you've got this other. Yeah. (laughs) No, I've seen it. My family constantly points out nice face. (laughs) Uh Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Resting Dave face. (laughs) 
The key <laughs> though there is privacy and trust. Like you have to make sure yeah. that that that's there. Otherwise, I don't want to do it. You know. And yeah. so we have a couple indicators that are passive that you can always know about. Like when the blue light is on, that's when Alexa is is thinking about what you just said, is communicating with the skills APIs and all that kind of. And when the blue light's not on, there is there's no network traffic happening and people have you know hooked up network packets, sniffers and all that. There's also a, a button oh, yeah. on the device where you can turn off the microphone and there's no power to the mic at that point. So there's no way that cool. anything can be happening because the power has been cut from it. So, so it's not just, like the NSA has a, like a, it's just like waiting for me to say the wrong thing. It's that's why we say the power is cut because you know, you can't, yeah. there's not a way to, yeah. So anyway, I think there's a, there's a bunch of those kinds of things we're always looking out for to make sure we can, engender trust with our developers and our customers, right? Well, you've given me so much to think. I'm so grateful that you came on. You're such an incredible, engaging guest. You're clearly brilliant. And I'm really excited about everything you're doing. Well, it's good to meet you too. I've been following you on Twitter for a long time and it was good to actually get to meet you and chat with you. That's good. That's good. <laughs> where can where can uh, developers go find more yeah. on the Alexa side of things? I'll I'll link in the show notes um, for some of the stuff we mentioned, like Blueprints and Amazon Polly. Uh, but where can they go to kind of get more information on how they can be using AWS to build for Alexa? Yeah, just go to developer.amazon.com. And uh, from there, you can click on Alexa and just start building. I would just, I would dive in and click on one of the templates that we have there. What are, like there's a quiz one and a fact one and a couple of them out there. Just click on one and just go through and build it. And uh, you'll have one built in a few minutes. And then you can get a feel for how it all works end to end and get your own idea going. Uh, and then you can reach me any, anywhere you reach people on, I'm just Paul Cutsinger at, you know, Twitter and LinkedIn and all that good stuff, Twitch, wherever you want to be. Fantastic. I'll add that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Paul. This was, this was great. And uh, just, you. you know, it, it's, it's something to think about um, in the future of as technology evolves and just, you know, how we interact uh, as human beings. And I think that's just an interesting thing as a coder to think about. I love it too. And it's bringing backends closer to the front, right? That's bringing these whole, serverless solutions, uh, making them very accessible, folks. All right. Thanks again. Thank you.